Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hopefully this mic does not interfere with all the other technological stuff and hope helps with being able to hear in the back. Is it on, Deacon? Excellent. Today we commemorate, well for us we commemorate, the Dormition of our patroness, St. Anna, who was married to St. Joachim. Her feast day was actually celebrated yesterday, but we have a tradition of moving it to Sundays so that we, uh, and the fullness of the community here, as it, such as it is right now, uh, may gather together and celebrate the one who intercedes for us and for this community. I want to talk this morning about the holiness of families. Last week, we had before us the icon of St. Macrina. Even though she was not the main commemoration, she was one of the saints commemorated, and I mentioned her in the homily. St. Macrina, it was the product of an entire family of saints. She had brothers she had, who were canonized. She had uh, a mother, St. Amalia, St. Peter, St. Gregory, St. Basil, etc., and holiness throughout the church uh, seems to blossom in particular uh, branches, off of particular branches, as we see especially today in commemorating St. Anne. One of the earliest images of St. Anne that we have is actually found in Rome, in an ancient church there, that uh, many of the Greeks, when they would end up worshiping in Rome, we're talking about 5th, 6th, 7th century. This would be the church that they would worship at. And the image of St. Anne is this fascinating, um, I wouldn't call it a triptych, but more of kind of a, a desis. Because you have uh, Anne, who is holding then her baby, the Theotokos, the mother of God. Then we have next to St. Anne standing the Theotokos. And who is she holding? But of course, her son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. And then next to the Theotokos is, can anyone guess? Elizabeth, Elizabeth yes. Elizabeth holding John the Baptist. It's all in the family. We have cousins, uh, all of these relations, grandmother with grandson. Of course, I refer to St. Anne, the grandmother of our Lord. And it's still something especially coming from a Protestant background to say something like the grandmother of God is always a little jarring because of the specificity that we know that Jesus Christ took from the flesh, his flesh, the flesh of the Theotokos. That might be a rough way of saying it, but basically, where do babies come from? They come from the father and mother, and specifically the mother grows what she eats, her breath, everything sustains the child. St. Anne, especially, uh, we look to as an example of holiness, as holiness runs in families, especially, because the family is a particular unit, a particular, uh, I'll say, womb of holiness. St. Anne, especially in uh, the work that we draw a lot of the tradition for who, uh, how we understand St. Joachim and Anna, the conception of the Theotokos, uh, and some of the other early events uh, that tradition has us, for example, of the Theotokos entering into the temple, is a document called the Proto-Evangelium of James, which there is a lot 
of early Christian works, as you're aware of, but this is a particular work in which these traditions uh, can be found. And the way that it articulates St. Anne as when she has the Theotokos, which was its own battle and journey, as she was not able to conceive, and Joachim and Anna both took this as a great shame. But St. Anne, when she has the Theotokos, pours all of her energy, all of her time, into caring for her child. St. Anne, and the way that the text uh, articulates this, it's that St. Anne brings the Theotokos into an inner chamber and basically rejoices in being able to give suck to this chosen one of God. The next time that the Theotokos leaves the care of her mother and father is to enter into the temple to be presented when she was, according to tradition, about three. And it's interesting to note that basically it talks about that she doesn't really walk anywhere outside of this chamber that St. Anne has her in, the bedroom chamber, until she gets to the temple. And when she gets to the temple and she's standing on the steps, she not only walks up to the temple, when she gets on the steps, it says that she dances before the temple. The holiness of the Theotokos, the priest saying uh, and recognizing the holiness of Anne and the fruit of St. Anne and St. Joachim's work in bringing up the Theotokos. Families are wombs of holiness because they are wombs of sacrifice and of patient attention. Sacrifice, I especially note for St. Joachim, because throughout the text, Joachim needs to sacrifice, and he wants to sacrifice, to create the environment so that St. Anne and Mary may be able to grow together and grow in the Lord. St. Anne's patient attention, which is very difficult. I have children. I'm exercising patience even now as they sit by each other. But the patient, loving attention to grow within them a love and desire for the Lord, even in all of their rambunctiousness or even possible rebellion, that we stay patiently prayerful, patiently attentive, and ready to sacrifice everything that we can for them. And before maybe some of you maybe starts, okay, he's just talking about families. I don't have children, or I had children a long time ago. What am I supposed to do with this? The same virtues of sacrifice, patient attention, is the same thing for all of those here in the church. The church is very clear in the pastoral epistles, especially in the epistles that Paul writes to Timothy, that the elders in the church are to teach the younger. There's always, we need mentors as much as we need mentees. And as I know, uh, millennials, and I believe they're now called exennials now, are looking desperately for mentors, for those who will give sac- sacrifice for them, give them patient attention, encouragement, someone to model themselves after, because let's face it, uh, the examples that we have before us are not typically St. Anne or St. Joachim or the Theotokos or St. Joseph. We have varying levels 
of attention and of sacrifice, especially dedicated to God. The next question you may have is then, how do we do this, especially now, as we are in this strange, long, transitional period where we have a particular number who can come to church and where those, there are those who are discerning to not come into the temple of God at this time? St. Anne gives us an example that her family needed to have an inner chamber within their own home, which is where holiness, the sacrifice, the prayers were offered up. While we may not be able to come to the temple as easily or as freely as we once were able to, or that we have to share uh, the spaces that we have so that others may be able to attend, the temple does not end at this door. This is a particular sanctified area, but within our own homes, we are called to sanctify that space, to have our own home altars, to have our own iconostasis, as it were, in our corners, to light the lampada, the oil lamps, or the candles that we have at home, to offer up prayers, to follow as much as we can the scriptures that are appointed for us to read, so that our homes become those chambers, those wombs, in which not only our children, but we ourselves grow in God. All of this is a challenge for us. Just having children in this day and age that is dedicated to me, 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 is a challenge, a cross. The long-term shift of our, our ideals is, comes when we decide to have children, when we decide especially to raise them up in the wisdom and fear of the Lord. This is a sacrifice of our ideals, or at least the world's ideals, as it requires a form of hiddenness. St. Anne, in that time that she dedicated to the Otokos, was hidden from the world. It required sacrifice of St. Anne. It required sacrifice of St. Joachim. And I cannot imagine the tears, the sighing, the prayers that were offered for the sake of their beloved, who became our beloved. We have this morning also commemorated an example of St. Jacob for the womb of the family and the holiness that we have in relationships between father, mother, and children, or between the elders and the youngers within the, the younger within the church, we see it highlighted in the example of St. Jacob. St. Jacob was from Russia, and he had um, Native American heritage. And it says very explicitly in his life that his parents sacrificed and did everything they possibly could for their children. When they moved to Irkutsk, they then sacrificed so St. Jacob could go to seminary. And it is that womb, that family, that holiness that sprouted a missionary to North America. The holiness that we need here was sanctified by a mother and a father who through their prayers, their sacrifice, and their patient attention gave birth and raised and gave us the fruit of their labors. St. Jacob, a light for North America. May God, through the prayers of St. Jacob, but especially of our patroness, St. Anne, and of St. Joachim, deliver us from 
all of this deeds of this wicked generation so that we may be able to discern God's kingdom and how we may, with patient attention and sacrifice, raise holy children to serve our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.